It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rogue Report podcast in association with the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back ahead of the Chef Wed game on Friday night and join me is Chris. Hi mate. Hello mate. Yes, I'm uh, I'm nervous about this one. We'll get into it but uh, it uh, reminds me of when Craig says he's nervous about playing Preston. That's me. Yeah, yeah because you, you know a lot of Chef Wed fans don't you? So yeah. you're going to, you're either going to have a really... Happy Sunday morning when you turn up at the kids' football and rub it in, or you're going to be sitting in the car watching it from the from the car park, aren't you? You're avoiding everybody. Ah, uh, I mean, you know, we've been talking all year, and I've been going banging on about how good we are, and oh, isn't it great the way we're doing stuff? And if they beat us, man, it's it'll just be ridiculous. They've beat us a a couple of times over recent years as well, haven't they? So, uh, know, we've we've got to start we've got we've got to start um, edging those victories up just for you, I think. I was I was looking at I was looking back at the record and we'll we'll come on to that but yeah I was I'll take the I'll take the playoff I'll I'll sit on the you know the the playoff for a while and keep mentioning that one but uh, but otherwise <laughs> yeah well it's not it's not fantastic reading is it no and I mean obviously we did the last pod and talked about the the, the defeat of Cardiff and there's no real need to go back into that because you know bit of a disappointing one but um, our opponents Chef Wed, DME they are an absolute <laughs> mess. This just feels like a banana skin because they're so shit that we shouldn't get beat. But like, <laughs> it's 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 one of them, and it it's <laughs> the the rock bottom of the table. Haven't won a game all season. The owner's an absolute embarrassment. Just sacked a manager who got them promoted, who all the fans love. Has replaced them with this fella Cisco, who none of the fans want. They all think he's a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, keeps making comments in the press and stuff, which are just digging himself a, a, an even deeper hole. Um, they haven't really spent any money on improving the playing squad. They already had an agent squad. They just scraped promotion. It feels like it's on course to be a complete disaster for them this season. And I've spent the the week really praying that they don't sack the manager because it feels like he's <laughs> clinging onto it by his fingertips. And yeah. before we recorded, I was um, just browsing their main fan forum to see what what people were saying, and they're in disbelief that he still has a job. It's like really we should be putting the final nail in the coffin and battering these, shouldn't we? They're absolutely shite. But you do have to caveat that with this is Sunland, and as we as we showed on Sunday, when we should win a game, maybe sometimes we don't, and we've got that in us. So it's a nervy one, isn't it? But we, yeah, these these are terrible. I mean, come on, let's 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 be realistic. We. We don't beat these. It's a really bad result. Yeah, I mean, I'll be bumping into a few of them on the school run 
in the days leading up to the game. And uh, to be honest, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if a few of them, honestly, because the way they've been talking in recent weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if a few of them turned around and said, we hope that you absolutely batter us and put him out of his misery. We've been there before, haven't we, with our manager yeah, in the yeah. past, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you're just like, God, I-, I remember being like that with Simon Grayson, just praying <laughs> that we would lose that game against Bolton, thinking he's got to get sacked eventually. You know, And, and it's, it's a weird position to be in as a football fan, yeah. wanting your team to lose. But yeah, yeah. Well, I, think, I think the problem with Chef Wed, though, is that regardless of the fact that this guy gets sacked, this idiot owner who they all hate, he's the man replacing him and getting a getting a decent manager in is going to be tough. So yeah. it's like, it's so, I'm sort of reading what their fans are saying and thinking, God, I've been there before. Yeah. It makes you so thankful for, for what you've got because it, it wasn't even that long ago when that was us, when we yeah. were just a complete pile of shit with a yeah. squad that had no hope and you rock bottom the table and you think, freaking hell, where do we go from here? It just it just makes you so glad that we've got the plan, that we've got a club that has a plan because you look at them and it just looks all over the shop like they haven't got a clue what they're doing. I mean, there's a there's a one fella who's about the same age as me, so I'm not going to say how, how old he is and how long he's been going, but he's <laughs> been going uh, to Wednesday Farewell, season ticket for donkeys as long as he can remember, never hardly missed a game. And this season he's turned around and says, I'm not going to Hillsborough until they go either the manager or the owner or both of them. He, he just wants he just wants them out. He wants the club to to basically reset. And it's bizarre, isn't it? It's, you're talking months after, you know, can remember that kind of epic win they had in the playoff semi-final when they were, what, was it 3-0 down, 4-0 down? Something ridiculous. 4-0, wasn't it? I think four-nil. they were losing 4-0. First leg, they were yeah. getting to be 4-0 against Peterborough and then managed to turn it around, yeah. I mean, you're talking, what, if you say that was kind of April, well, probably May, you're saying, well, Four months ago. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And now they're saying, right, well, we need to, to kind of go back down reset already. And it's four months later. I mean, it's just a club without a plan. I was I was looking at uh, their home games this season. And I was, if the stats are right, in the four games that they've had so far at Hillsborough this season, which maybe kind of explains why this fellow doesn't want to go back, they've had six shots on target in four games. Jesus. I mean, yeah, complete that, lack of firepower there. Then I mean, it's well, and and again, I mean, talking about firepower, I was looking at, I was looking at some of, uh, I was looking at some of their kind of how they've set up this season at times, and I think in one game they had Gregory and Windass wide on the flanks. I mean, yeah, those, two, those two can hardly run. Players. Those two can hardly <laughs> run. I mean, you're, you're playing them wide. It's not exactly electric pace down the flanks, is it? I mean, imagine watching that team mm. with, with Gregory and Windass on, on the flanks. on Like, there's wide players. Bloody hell. I mean, no wonder you wouldn't go back. I mean, I'd rather be doing something else on a Saturday, going to B&Q or something like that. It's, you know, it's <laughs> it's it's just crap. Um, So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're absolutely desperate. But you know what it is? It's Sunderland. <laughs> these type of games just get us get us worried it's all it's the idiot and buy effect because i was at filbert street that day and ever since i've just presumed when when something shouldn't happen <laughs> it, it tends to happen to Sunderland. then just talking about gregory windass wide the other thing i noticed in their last game which just defies belief they had hendrick and uh, barry bannon in a central midfield pair like 31 year old and a 33 year old I mean, they realised even in League One, Barry Bannon couldn't play in a two, and now in the Championship, he's playing. He's playing as a centre midfielder. I mean, just as a, in a, in a pair where he can't just float and do what he wants. Um, and the the whole thing just seems a mess. And like you said, that the worst thing that can happen is that they get a bounce with a new manager before the week, <laughs> uh, before the before the game. So we've just kind of keep our fingers crossed. 
Yeah, yeah, that, I'm, I'm praying he stays in the job. I think, I think he would have been sacked by now, though. Surely, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, the, the, if he's going to get sacked, it would have happened over the weekend to give even the interim team in charge a chance to put a team together for the game. He's going to be in a job till till Friday. But I wonder how much the the fact that this game is on TV on Friday mm. plays into the thinking because like. The owner, he, he, he isn't a complete idiot. You know, he's he's been there quite a while, hasn't he? I think he's been there about yeah. six years. And, and you know, he, he's he's hired and fired many managers, seen it all, I presume. And he knows the the effect of that. You know, if they get battered up by us on Friday night with the TV cameras there, with the fans have been throwing tennis balls on the pitch and chanting for the manager out and chanting for the owner, it's not a good look. No. And it's it's one of them, isn't it? It's like, how, how far can you take it? Do you, do you, do you try and limit the damage somehow ahead of that game. But it appears like he's going to be pretty stubborn. I think I think if one thing I've noticed, and again, I'm just saying it from the outside, but they, uh, they sacked Darren Moore, who got them promoted. All the fans loved him. And then there's been this very public fallen out dispute between the owner and Darren Moore, even after he's left. Talking about the reasons why he left. I don't know if you saw it, but the, the owner put a... You could tell he typed it up. It was like a hastily put together rant, I guess, about Darren Moore and all the rest of it. And I had secondhand embarrassment reading it. It <laughs> yeah. was just a, like you can tell this guy's a bit of a clown. Like, and yeah. um, I, I feel sorry for the Chef Chef Wed fans, to be honest, because like I say, we've been there before. Yeah. They're a big club, and what you mentioned them them playoff uh, games that they had at the end of last season. That was the first time I'd really taken notice. I'd no, and obviously, they'd, they'd kind of thrown automatic promotion, hadn't they? But they, they still made the playoffs with a really high points total. And um, I took a little bit of notice around the playoffs because I was thinking, God, what have they done wrong? And and I saw them in them playoff games. I'm like, you can't go into the championship in that state. Mm. And it, it, it's it been telegraphed. I'm sure their fans saw it all, saw it all coming as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, when I've been talking to them over the last couple of weeks, they were, they were absolutely staggered because, you know, the, their team's kind of rock bottom. The cook can't buy a win. Um, they've get, have only had two draws this season in the, the kind of eight games they've played so far. Um, and I think what they started off, like losing the, the first four, and then rather than concentrate on that, the owner takes time to to create this war of words with the former like what's that we would when we were talking about it, it was like if you're in that situation and your club's in a mess, that the best thing to do at that point is just to to release a statement saying, We're looking forward, we're not looking back, it's happened, you know, it's behind us, we need to move this club forward. But dragging up what's happened is making things worse for him. But it sounds like he's the type of owner where he's just what he thinks goes and he's doubling down on it. And it sounds like it, mm. even if he's made a mistake, even if he thinks he's made a mistake with his manager, he seems like the type of owner just to say, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with him. It's my choice. I've brought him in. I'm going to back him. And and the fans are going to vote with their feet because, I mean, with it being live on the on the telly Friday night, It'd be interesting to see what the the Wednesday attendance was. I mean, if you go back to that playoff game where it was bouncing, the one last season and the one against us. Remember the the atmosphere at Hillsman that night. I mean, yeah, it was brilliant. really good. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of carries them. And the best thing for us again is if they vote with the feet. But they'll be doing it on purpose because they the one change. But the other thing I was, you know, I've been winding them up about it because if if they do, the this owner as well, 
he's the type of character to go out and say, right, we'll stuff you. If I have to get rid of the manager I've picked, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer it to Neil Warnock or Chris Wilder <laughs> or someone like that. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna Someone co- their fans would would begrudgingly have to accept as the manager as somebody who's a, a legend yeah. on the other side of the fence. I was know? considering, I mean it'd be like us kind of appointing Keegan back in the day or something, wouldn't it? I mean I am gonna start an online anonymous campaign to get Warnock into Hillsborough because <laughs> I'd, I'd just find it funny and uh, I'd just, just give us more reason to, to laugh at them. But uh, but no, like I mean, t- to be fair, like you said, Wednesday have been similar to us in many ways. I mean, they haven't, I think they haven't been in the top flight since the early 2000, like 20 years or something like that. Go back to, I think they got relegated, what was it? Yeah, start of the, start of the century, kind of 2000. 2000, they got, yeah. They got relegated. I remember being at the game, Phillips scored and they had Wim Yonk and all that sort of stuff and went down. But they've they've been struggling ever since and they're, they're a bigger club than that. Uh, Hillsborough's kind of looking at age now. When you go, it's kind of you go into those little tunnels when you go into the away game and it's kind of tight and all that sort of stuff. And uh, and yeah, they're in it. They're in a bad place. But but this again, I go back. It's Sunderland and these these are the type of games that get me more worried than I'd rather be underdogs as Sunderland. I'm more used to that than. It's it's weird when you're expected to win. I need to get used to it a bit more, but uh, I'm not I'm not yet. It's just a result of how well we've we've done in the last few years, isn't it? We're turning up everywhere now, and people know how good we are. Mm. Like I, I mentioned on the on the last pod, half time the Cardiff fans on Twitter were just raving about Sunderland. Bloody hell, how good are Sunderland? Mm. It's like we are getting a reputation now, and um, it's how you manage that, isn't it? Players like Jack Clark playing really well over a spell of games. Everyone's talking about how great Jack Clark is, not just Sunderland fans. He starts getting noticed and they're like, right, we're going to double up on him. We're going to kick him all over the place. And this is just a, it's the price of success in many ways is that you just have to, you just have to accept that's going to happen. With Chef Wed, I think with so much going on around the the noise around the, and we've been in the, again, we've been in this position, especially with being a big club, with with so much unrest and, and the fans not being on side with what's going on and, it does distract from what happens on the pitch. And I, I sort of wonder whether their team and their players now, leading into this game, I think we could really do without playing these. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not yeah. going to be relishing playing. They they would have been praying for like a, another team playing poorly. Yeah. They don't really, they're not going to enjoy having to chase after us for, for 90 minutes. And yeah. we've got to harness that. We've really got to harness that and do what so many teams have done to Sunderland over the years and come to the stadium like when we've been in bad moments. And be like, right, get the crowd on their case early doors, frustrate them, keep the ball, don't let them do anything. All the things that teams have done to us on God God knows how many occasions at the Stadium of Light because the we've basically handed them that opportunity on a plate. Well, now we've got that opportunity to do that to somebody else. We we can go there and go, let's piss everybody off in the stadium. And just another thing on the um you mentioned about the crowd. I did wonder when they gave us an extra allocation of tickets yeah, whether that I was a that. sign that yeah. whether that was a sign that there's maybe you know the maybe haven't sold many and people are just people who've got the choice and aren't season ticket holders have just went I'm not I'm not going there to watch that shit mm. so it's going to be interesting especially with it being on TV as well you know people maybe just looking and thinking yeah. I was watching in the house I might not even bother because yeah. I just. I've, I've given up on them or whatever. Quite often getting that extra allocation is a sign of the, the opposition saying, we don't really care anymore. It's almost kind of saying, because the other thing is the more Sunderland fans are there, the, the more influence they've got on us, on our team. So it's it's like the owner would clearly rather make a few more quid than Sunderland make, his fans making making more noise. 
But uh, but you're right. They're like you said. They're in a they're in a desperate place. And looking back at their their, their games this season, and you know, after losing the first four, I was looking at the Leeds draw away because obviously that that just stuck out as a bit of an anomaly. <laughs> like you know, they lost the first four, and then they went to Leeds and got a draw. But they seem to go to. I think the manager seems to want to play this three four three more attacking. Get, kind of getting more players up the pitch. But it, it, when I was talking about that Gregory and Windass wide, it was around, it was the Leeds away game in Ipswich at home where they had quite a bit of possession, maybe slightly unlucky to, to actually come out of that without getting a point. When they could beat 1-0, it was only 1-0 at home to Ipswich who were flying. Um, so those two games, they played 5-4-1 and they played a block of five at the back. Basically, it wasn't wing-backs. They played five at the back. And I think that man, the, the manager kind of, looked at his players and thought, right, well, we're just going to kind of put two bags in there and, and hope hope for the best. Came out of those two games with a point and nearly nicked another one against Ipswich. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what we were up against on Friday night. Um, I, I think he'll be more pragmatic. He, he played, he tried to go more expansive at Swansea and they got thumped 3-0. Um, and actually there was a period of the game in the first half where actually they, they were decent. Uh, but then I think just the heads are in a place where Swansea went ahead, got on the front foot, and then basically that was it. Game over, got walloped. So I, I suspect that he's going to go back to those games where they almost got something out of it. You'll probably look at, and, and they drew against Borough at home as well. Um, had a lot less possession. Borough kept the ball a bit more, I think, than, than Ipswich do, as we saw at the stadium alike with Ipswich. So yeah, so I'm, I'm expecting him to be more pragmatic than he went to Swansea, which was just bizarre when they needed a result. And I think we'll be up against the side just sitting on the edge of their box, five at the back. Mm. Um, I'd be amazed if he did anything else. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one for them, really, because he hasn't got much choice. And another thing which has been going on amongst all the other noise is that the new manager, he's uh, he's frozen out a couple of stalwarts, hasn't he? Marvin Johnson, who the fans have been... I was reading earlier, the fans were chanting his name and stuff at the last <laughs> game. And Rhys James, who used to play for us. Both players who were part of the team who got promoted and, and were an integral part of that side, frozen out. There's obviously a lot more going on behind the scenes as well as on the pitch and with the with the ownership and all the rest of it. And um, he's been getting questioned about it from the press and not really given clear answers on where, why they're not involved. There's Patterson as well. I think some of the lads who I speak to think he should be in the team because he's one of the, those players who, you know, smashes into a tackle and gets the gets mm. the rest of the team up. And he's one of those old school players, Pat, Callum Patterson. Um, but he's he's not getting a game either. I think he's been on the bench most of the time. I saw as well they signed a young 19, 20-year-old from Paris Saint-Germain. And I think he's taken time to find his feet. I think he's only been on the bench a couple of times. I don't know whether he's taken a couple of knocks, um, but he hasn't been involved. But brought in a uh, French midfielder on loan from a Portuguese club. And more often than not, he's play, being played in the middle of a back three. He's a central midfielder. And then they've got Jeff Hendrick and Barry Bannon playing as the two central midfielders. So, I mean, again, just this manager just seems to be shooting himself in the foot with with everything he does. So, yeah, I, I don't... Uh, I, it'll be interesting to see their lineup and, and what he does. Because, uh, mm. you know, whether he... Because with the results the way they are, you wouldn't be surprised if a manager just turned around and said, right, well, we're that desperate. I'm going to bring some of these players back in get them back into the folds or or whether it's that far gone 
where you'll just never see them again and until this manager goes, a bit like a Paolo de Canio situation. Yeah, well, I, th- I think he knows his time's up soon, doesn't he? He's not thick. Um, so he probably knows that after this game, if they don't win, yeah. he's going to be out of a job and uh, heading back to Spain with a nice payoff, which I'm sure he won't give a shit about, really, you know. Mm. <laughs> He'll just be thinking, well, okay, bye. I'll move on to the next job. Um, interesting line in the... In the Yorkshire Examiner after the after the weekend from a, a writer called Ricky Charlesworth, he said apathy and anger reign supreme at Hill, Hillsborough right now. If this was Crisis Club Bingo, Sheffield Wednesday would be clearing their throats to shout full house. <laughs> it 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 just has a sense of inevitability about this game, doesn't it? In yeah. that it's just we've been again yeah. we've been there before. We you, you know but you, you build up to a game and you just know it's going to be a pile of shit and it's all going to go wrong and. It, from our perspective, that that should be like a, a real motivator, but the <laughs> the apathetic Sunderland fan still buried deep within my black heart <laughs> is saying this is a this is the type of situation where we would just fuck up. But yeah. well, I just think there's not a better time to be playing Chef Wed, really, is there? For anyone who has a grievance with anything Sunderland are doing on the football side of the club at the minute, just have a look at Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, it's a perfect example of of a club without without direction, without a plan, without kind of moving forward. And we've been there, and we know how it feels. And we've said it a couple of times that we've just we're just enjoying where Sunderland are. We're not spectacular. We're not we're not kind of going to run away with the league, but but we're just happy that the club have got a direction. Because when you're supporting a team who are going on like Sheffield Wednesday are. It's just, it's just horrific. You just, you don't know what's going to come up next. You don't know where it's going to go. You don't know what the end point's going to be. I mean, how low do you end up going before you come back? And that's the worry. Mm-hmm. And, and so you've got to, you've got to look at our club and just be grateful that we're in the position we are because it wasn't that long ago we were in the same place. Yeah, yeah, and and again, we're we're sort of the the opposite end of the scale. We got promoted through the playoffs like they did. But we we'd obviously built a team in in League One to be able to prepare for the championship, where they just didn't do any of that. Alex Miller from the Sheffield Star tweeted, uh, "Wednesday fans chanting against Chancery and Cisco for Marvin Johnson. This spiral and decaying mood has taken place just 117 days on from Wembley. A masterclass in how not to build on success. Yeah. And I would I would actually say that Sunland are the masterclass in how to build on success in terms of the way we." basically under this owner, bought players and built a team and put a structure in place, knowing that once we eventually got promoted, we would be all right in the league above. And, yeah. you know, not to, not to gloat, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that we went the other way. Yeah, and just to put their, their kind of, I, t- I talked about their shots on target uh, statistic earlier on, that they've had six shots on target in, in their home games so far. And one of the lads stuck a stat in about Ella Sims, this so far this season for Coventry and uh, Sheffield Wednesday have had the same amount of shots on target at home this season as Ellis Sims has for Coventry throughout the whole of the season so far <laughs> on his own. Who, and, he and, he, and he's been he's been absolutely woeful for Coventry. So yeah, it just shows you, yeah, just shows you that we've got to, we've got to take advantage. We've got to, we've got to be able to go there. And I, I, Although yes, I mentioned before, it should be a, it should be a motivator for us knowing all of this is going on. We've also got to go there and just see it as another game and be like, right, we've got to we just go go there, do what we do best, and take the points away. Um, because it's going to be quite a strange atmosphere for our players to play in. I don't know. I imagine depending on what kind of 
person you are, whether that's sort of a, a distraction or a motivator. Like if that was me and I was going out there, I'd be like buzzing to be playing there. I'd be thinking, I can't wait to play in this game and just make them feel even worse. Yeah, because as a player you should be wanting to do that but then there's other players in the squad who might be a bit maybe a bit younger be a bit less experienced might be a bit overawed by the occasion I don't know but um, we've got to be ruthless oh yeah but but I think I think Sunderland having the extra allocation and it'll be you know the Sunderland end will be full and that'll take it'll almost be like it won't be that far off being a home game but it'll feel you know with that, that end behind the goal um, absolutely packed and I think that that'll That'll be fine for the lads. I don't think. I don't think the uh, the Sheffield Wednesday atmosphere will impact our players. If anything, if if you know, first ten minutes we kind of play a keep ball and we have a few chances. And like you said, if the home crowd get a bit restless and there's there's chance and all that sort of stuff, it can only help us. I mean, but but the thing is, we need to do our thing. We need to do play our part in creating that. That if we if we get on the front foot straight away. Their their morale. I mean, their chins are hitting the floor, and we need to we need to step on that and just be on it. And if we don't let them into the game and press them from the off, and especially if I mean, if we get an early goal, I mean, that's it. Their heads are going to drop. The fans aren't. The fans are going to probably, you know, a goal in the first ten minutes. You'll see them streaming out. <laughs> you know, it's going to yeah. be it's going to be one of them. But having said that, you know, we haven't won um, there since two thousand and seven. You know, we haven't won in 90 minutes anyway. I mean, you can say we won on aggregate in the playoffs, but uh, it was the old um, air guitar world record attempt back in 2007. <laughs> I was there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah strumming away. No, I was part of the of the <laughs> the crowd who was shouting, what the fucking hell is that? <laughs> Have you ever seen the action? Because it was part, the, it was all filmed for a documentary yeah. or a TV show or something, wasn't it? So it's still out there. It's on YouTube. The band somewhere. were called Saxon. Yeah, they were called Saxon, I think. And yeah, they, they just gave up in the end, didn't they? They just sort of walked off the pitch halfway through, realised nobody was joining in. Um, it was interesting that, but yeah, the the, the other thing as well, which I'd, I haven't mentioned, uh, there's been a protest group formed by the Chef Wed fans and it's all anonymous as well. They haven't come forward and oh, said who they are, brilliant. but they're operating on social media I'm called that. The, 18, the 1867 <laughs> group. And um, there's a Q&A on, on the examiner's website with somebody from the group. And apparently they've got a balloon protest planned for Friday. Brilliant, right? Well, so I, I, at some point in the game, there's going to be a load of balloons chucked on the pitch, I think. I'm getting involved. I'm going to write me Warnock banner. I'm going to have <laughs> Warnock in. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, don't know, I don't know whether um, whether it'll actually do anything. I think they were the ones behind the, the tennis balls being thrown on the pitch and... To be honest, it was a little bit pathetic. There wasn't there wasn't that many balls really through. It, it, it happened, but it's sort of like, well, for it to be effective, there needs to be a lot more than just like twenty or thirty tennis balls thrown on the pitch. Uh, but you never know. Let's yeah. see. Let's see what happens on Friday. It's just, it's nice to be on the other end of the circus in one of these games, and it's not us. And it is. You know, I, I, I do have sympathy for Chef Wed fans, but part of us does feel sort of haven't been on the other haven't been in that position before yeah. where you just hate everything about the football club and the way it's being run it makes us glad we're, we're out on the other side and I mean hopefully to some Chef Wed fans that they can see us see the way we play see the makeup of our squad maybe see how many fans turn up from Sunland and see that there is light at the end of the tunnel it's not always going to be as shit as this for them they've, they've just got to be prepared to dig in and um, like we did spend a lot of time finding out 
what your direction actually is and who you are and all the rest of it. Um, well, but yeah, it's nice, fo- nice that's not us for once. Fo- football goes in cycles, isn't it? You've just got to wait your turn and <laughs> wait your turn when you're actually half decent. But uh, yeah, uh, it was the same where we used to look back and we used to phone over Brentford and Brighton and you know, all these teams who are doing well, and there was a few others where they seemed to be on the right track, and we were kind of, oh, I wish we could be like that, you know. But yeah, like I said, I mean. You know, any any little grievance you've got with, oh, you know, we could have done with an extra centre midfielder or whatever like that. I mean, yeah, okay, all of those things might be valid, but bloody hell, it could be, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, well, we haven't even talked that much about ourselves. I've just enjoyed chatting about how shit Chef Wed are. <laughs> um, but yeah, we like I say, we, lo- we lost on Sunday. As we said on the last pod, we maybe expected a couple of changes and, and, and Mowbray didn't do it. I guess after a win, it's a bit more difficult to just drop players. Mm. We've lost a game on on Monday night. The under-21s played against Derby and there were quite a lot of first-teamers involved in that. We had Jensen Sealt, we had Nekla Triantis playing at the back. Chris Rigg started in the middle. Um, Adil Oshish played and scored. Nazari Rusin played and he was fantastic. Hamia played. So, you know, we had, we had quite a lot of first-teamers involved in that game. And really, for those players, that was their chance to show Mowbray why they should be either starting or more involved for this game, given we've just lost one. Um, I don't know if you caught any of it, but like I say, Rusin was brilliant. Yeah. I know it was a 21s game, but what you, what you want to see, you, you've got to kind of go into it with the knowledge, right, it's, a, it's an under-21s game. Um, they're playing, a, a, obviously, a lower level of opposition and all the rest of it. But are they going to take this opportunity seriously? Like, are they going to play and just not try very hard to impress? Or are they going to, are they going to go out there and, and show Mowbray why they should be playing games? And for me, the, the I thought the two lads at the back played pretty well. Chris Rigg had a good game. Um, another lad in the middle... Uh, Marshall Burke. Marshall Burke, yeah. But I thought he looked really good. Ellis Taylor actually played pretty well. Um, had a canny game. But for me, the real standouts were Rusin and Oshish. Rusin in particular, you could tell that he wanted to show what he can do, and he was just making these runs in behind constantly. The Derby, the poor lads at the back for Derby, they didn't have a clue how to handle him. And um, but it, it was these runs in behind and getting on the ball and just causing bother that really impressed me. And then Oshish playing on the other side, he got himself a goal. Like I said, that was all because of some really good movement from Rusin and a bit of really good football from us. But Oshish, I thought, had a cracking game. Could add two or three more. He, he took a free kick, which was a good save from the from the Derby keeper and had a couple of other little chances and just looked really tidy. And it was good to see. It was good to see that these lads are taking that chance to impress. And mm. it does give Mowbray something to think about. I think publicly, he'll be asked about it in the press conference and stuff and he might not be drawn on, on it. He'll probably, like he does, he'll caveat it by saying... Uh, oh, he's got to have time to settle in, and we don't want to rush, and all like that's the way. That's just the way he, he kind of approaches these things. But I think deep down, he'll have watched that and thought, "Bloody hell, I could do with Rusin in the team sooner rather than later." And Oshish, he, he looks a player. You know what I mean? He's already talked about him publicly, hasn't he? Even before all of this, he mentioned that he's he's looked good in training and the bounce games and stuff. It means he's got something to think about now, doesn't it? It does. It does. I mean, he had seven of those uh, players who were on the bench. That, that played um, the other night for the under-23s. or Is it under-23s or under-21s now? I can't remember what it it's is. It's under-21s again, under 21s isn't it? Under-21s now. Yeah. They changed it back. Yeah, but, so seven of those. There was only Roberts and Bishop um, who didn't kind of take part in that game. And um, 
you know, I think a few people have mentioned that uh, it looks, you know, with Patterson maybe struggling and it yeah. looks like we're kind of wrapped Bishop up and Cottonwell not, not playing him. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bishop in goal. I mean, what what's a, in a game like this, if we've got faith in Bishop and we've brought him in as, you know, thinking he's a good keeper, then, then mm-hmm. you know, this is the type of game to say, well, you know, if Patterson's got an issue, bring him out, put Bishop in goal. And then the other the other seven lads, because you've got to include uh, Ellis Taylor as well, because he was on the bench at the, at the weekend and he he, had a, he played well. Um, it's good to see him coming through, actually, at left back, because, you know, let's say, you know, Huggins, if you look at Huggins' history, um, he, he tends to pick injuries up when he plays a few games. And this is yeah. probably probably his best run in the side. Just on Ellis, Ellis Taylor, I was think because obviously he's been here quite a while. I wasn't expecting him to still be here. Mm. And when I was watching the game, I was thinking, like, if this, just just get out of your head that he's been here ages and he's came through the academy. Yeah. If this was a lad we just signed and he played like that yeah. and he scored a penalty, he took like, took like a penenka, didn't he, down yeah. the middle, a chip down the middle, a bit, bit cheeky. But his actual performance was really good. And I was thinking if he, if we just signed him, say that was Pembele yeah. and he played like that. We would have been thinking, bloody hell, get him in the team. So yeah. it's you've you've got to be fair, to Ellis Taylor. You know what I mean. You've got to say at least he's trying to take his chance too. You're, I mean, to be fair, he always looks decent for the twenty twenty ones team. But um, yeah, he, he deserves a bit of praise for that. It was one of the reasons I mentioned him because like I said with you've got a uh, there's got to be a concern that Huggins is going to pick up an injury, and it, I, I don't want to you know I don't want to tempt fate, and I, I you know uh, everyone's desperate for Huggins to have a run because he he deserves it. Problems he's had. But it's good to see Ellis Taylor in there, and you know, like I said, we've got a young lad to back them up. And I, you know, I, I don't think I've haven't seen him play a few times. I don't think I've got any qualms about him coming in if if Huggins did pick up a knock. But yeah, like I said, so the other the other six, Seaton Triandis, I think it's good to get for them to get minutes um, under their belt because they're they're gonna. And it's funny because with these two, I always think about Seaton and Triantis in the same way as if you go back to our first season at the Stadium of Light when we had. Uh, started off with Andy Melville and Richard Ord in the centre, and they were kind of first choice. And then we had two young lads backing them up, Jody Craddock, Darren Williams, and then they got the chance. And then, and then yeah. they could, and then Melville and Ord couldn't get back in. And I just feel like we've got those four centre halves: so Nine and Ballard, Silton, Triadis. The the two young lads have just got to be a bit patient because at some point, Nine's going to pick up an injury, Ballard's going to pick up a knock, uh, they're going to get suspended, whatever, and then they're going to get their chance. And if they're ready, mm-hmm. they can do something similar to what Craddock and Williams did all all those years ago, and yeah. just and just kind of keep their place if they if they play well. So it, yeah, so it's good to see them get getting minutes. Um, Rig, yeah, that you know, Rig's desperate for games this season, and it, it, we're signing players as well who who are similar in in Norshish and who were looking sharp as well. So it'd be nice to see Rig a bit more. I'm, I'm glad he's getting on the bench, but we're not we're not kind of seen him too much yet or oh, sheesh yeah i mean look we said in a couple of cameos he's had so far from the bench he looks sharp he's got a nice touch and it, it'd be great to see him from the off it'd be good to see him in a full game and i actually think by the fact that mowbray's thrown him in and brought him on when he has so quickly that i think mowbray's a fan already like you said mm-hmm. I, th- I think he likes him i think he wants to play him i think he's, he's actually desperate to play him I'd be interested to see if he, if he comes in. Rusin as well, it, you know, straight in, you know, getting the getting the kind of work permit sorted and, and getting in, getting his visas all ready to go. And yeah, I mean, his movement, I, I had a kind of had it on in the background, but every time, every time I kind of looked up, he seemed to be on his bike. Just, just, he wanted yeah. it. He just never seemed to stop. He just always seemed to be on the go, wanting the ball in behind. Um, and it's, it, especially at home, it's what, what we've been missing. 
and there was obviously Hamia who you know he needs he needs a goal just to just to kind of get him. Yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I wasn't having said all of this. Like I was impressed by it. Impressed by Hamia just didn't yeah. stand out in that he game um, at all. He, he needs some confidence, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he needs a goal. He just needs to score. All he needs is a goal, I think, and then then he'd be off. But yeah, it was it was interesting to to see them play because you know the, the game on Monday night and then the game on Friday. Um, you know, I wonder if there was because that's why I was kind of on an R and thinking, was I surprised to see them all in or was I not? Because it's only a few days before the game. But if they all need minutes and they all need that sharpness, and uh, you know that you know brought off with about twenty minutes to go, Moshish um, and Rusin. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, thinking towards the game, I'm 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 completely torn. Because known, known Mowbray as we do, he's quite conservative. Half of us says that he's going to put the same team out if he can, bar anything that's forced. Maybe Patterson, if it's forced, he's going to give him a rest. But so half of us says he's going to he's going to keep it exactly the same because he's he's that way inclined. And the other half says he might make two or three changes um, and bring yeah. bring, bring Oshish in for Pritchard maybe. I'd honestly, and, and as much as people might not want it for this one, I'd have Bellingham on the bench. I, 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 I think he needs. I think well, I just think Pierre, he needs. Well, if Pierre was back, that that's another thing we've got to think about. If Ekwar is potentially back for this game, I wouldn't risk him for this game. I don't think. I don't think we necessarily need him. I, I think, I'd bring Bellingham out because um, I, I just think he needs a break, and this is a good chance to, for him to just sit a game out. The Sheffield Wednesday, we should be. We should be able to. I keep saying this. I'm going to keep touching wood, but we should be able to beat them without <laughs> without Bellingham. As good as he's been, he's been fantastic. But I want him fresh. I want to keep him fresh this season. You can't. You can't keep flogging him. He played three games in a week last week, and then a game on a Friday night. It's just pushing him. He played twenty. He only played twenty games last season. Um, he's only just yeah. turned eighteen. I just don't want us to keep flogging him. And I'm I'm sure the coaching staff exactly the same so it's picking and choosing when the best time to bring him out is and yeah i wouldn't um i wouldn't mind if he was kind of put on the bench or even just give him give him a break give him a weekend off or something like that but uh but, but Leicester are top of the league and they've rotated their team pretty much every game yeah. their managers went with the idea i'm going to rotate yeah. i've got a squad i've got lots of players make the most of it and to date Mowbray hasn't done that um you know we've we've had quite a lot of injuries We've brought in players who haven't been ready to take part. But then when you look at what happened on Monday, like I say, and I have five players at least who I would say played well in that game who should be knocking on the door now, I think he's got to use his squad. I mean, you look at that, you look at this as well, they, like, like we've went into enormous detail with on this game, they're shite. Yeah. So if we've got confidence in some of these lads, they've, they've got to play at some point, And I just... I would be very tempted to rotate three or four players potentially here yeah. and look at it and think, you know, the last game, I, I'll be honest, I've not, and again, I mentioned it on the, on the last pod, not been particularly impressed to date by Burstow. Um, you know, not saying it's never going to happen. I just think, you know, if we're going to rotate out somebody, probably be him. You know, you mentioned Pritchard before. Pritchard didn't have his best game potentially bring him out um, we, we, we've also got a caveat that with you know Dak's going to be knocking back on the door Ekwar's going to be knocking back on the door soon 
So we've we've got yeah. players to bring back in. With all of these options, we've got to think about rotation because you're just going to keep having injuries. And God forbid some some of the more important players got injured because we were refusing to to, to rotate. So I, I think this is a good chance to change it up a little bit, if I'm honest, and and see what some of these lads are made of. If this is me on Football Manager, I'm making about seven or eight changes. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> I mean, look at, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't risk if Patson's got a back problem. I wouldn't risk him. He'd come out. Bishop would go in. I'd be tempted. Hume looked kind of knackered after those three games. You know, he looked mm. wiped. I'd, I'd maybe be tempted to to stick Huggins on the right and bring Taylor in on the left. Like I said, with Job, I'd, I'd bring I'd maybe put him on the bench. You know, I think you've got you've got options in the middle. I'd bring maybe think about. Pritchard, uh, giving him a break. Bar played. He's he's been doing all right. Fair play to him, but give him played a break. Three or four on the bounce now, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. Freshen, he's never done that. He's never done that in the last two years. So you know, bring him out, freshen him up a bit. You've got Roberts as well, who needs minutes in his legs. Uh, he needs first team football again because as much as he he wanted it when he came on against Cardiff, he just did. He wasn't quite there. Nothing really came off for him. So I'd I'd like mm-hmm. to see him. The thing with Burstow and Amir as well, when you're talking about them up front is in Mowbray's mind, I'm sure he'll be confident going to, going to Sheffield Wednesday just like we are. You're thinking about these lads getting off the mark and getting a goal. And it's it's like almost saying, right, well, who do you think is going to take, uh, who's going to take advantage of that? Is Burstow going to get off the mark? Is Amir going to get off the mark? Because playing a team like Sheffield Wednesday where you're going to get chances, it, it's it's a fantastic opportunity for one of these lads to get their first goal and hit the and get off the mark and, and that's it. That's their season started, basically, for a striker. They, they get their first goal. So he's going to be tempted with both of them. Right? Burstow, Burstow needs a goal. He's been in there in the mix since he joined us. And uh, Mowbray was clearly impressed with what he did in training. So it's, it's like, well, do I just keep with Burstow and he's going to get that chance and he's going to get, get the goal and that's him off and running? Or do I try and give that morale boost to Hermia <laughs> to, to get that chance and get off the mark? So... That's why I wouldn't be surprised if Burstow stayed up front because Mowbray might see this as a chance for him to get that goal. And Rig as well. I mean, like you said, he he's never not impressed when he's came on. He's always impressed. And at what point do you stick him in that starting eleven? You know, and it might depend on how many changes he makes. If he makes three or four other changes, he might not. He might see that that Rig coming in is a step too far. But if he wants to make one or two, or if he wants to bring Pritchard out. Which yeah, you're thinking Oshis is going to be in there. I, I imagine he wants to give Chris Rigg that start as well. So it's good. We've got we're talking about all these options, which is brilliant. And you know that the under twenty ones game showed all of that. Big decisions for Mowbray, but like I said, I've got this voice on my shoulder just saying he's going to go in with the same eleven. Yeah. What do you think about the way the game's going to pan out? Then come on. I think they're going to stick men behind the ball. They're going to. You know, I was again. I was looking at uh, what they did uh, against uh, Ipswich. This kind of under the cosh for quite a lot of it, and then they kind of started to get a foothold in the game and kept possession. So, if we if we score that goal, um, it'll be three or four nil. I think it'll be. I think it'll be comfortable. But we just we just need to get off the market. And yeah, so I think that it, it's going to be one of them. We're going to try and have to break them down. They're going to have men behind the ball. Um, if they if they do what they did against Swansea then it could end up a route if they give us space and they come out and attack us, which I, I just think that mm-hmm. for, for a manager in this position, if he does that, then he, he might as well just, he might as well just resign at <laughs> half time or something like that. Cause I think, uh, I think we'll have a few goals by then. So my, my, feel, my good feeling is we'll have to break them down. They'll sit on the edge of the box. They'll play five at the back. 
Um, they'll try and keep it tight. Um, and we, we just need that first goal and then the, the floodgates will open. Yeah, I think we'll, I think we're going to batter them three and out, three and out, four and out. It's going to be one of those type of results. I just don't think they'll be able to live with us. And I think, given the the atmosphere about the place, we we will just have too much for them. Mm. And um, I, I'm not looking at I'm not looking at them and thinking this is a team who are going to fight and claw and battle and and do you know what I mean? It feels like they've lost something when since they got promoted. He's and, dropped all those know, players. He's dropped all those players who yeah. do that. From our point of view, talking about battling and bouncing back, the one thing I was looking at back, I look back at last season, and we lost thirteen times in the league last season, and I was looking at what what happened after those defeats, and after seven of those defeats, we followed it up with a win. So over over half of those defeats, the next game we 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 bounced back and won it. Which so mm. I mean, if we we sort of kind of go in that with that sort of mentality that we we're good at bouncing back and getting our Chins off the floor after after losing out, then uh, then it should uh, should be good. I mean, three three of those ended up in draws as well. So there was only successive games. There was only kind of once in October where we lost a couple, Blackburn and Burnley, and then in February when we lost three off the bounce. But that there was only so there was only those two occasions where we lost uh, successive games. So hopefully that bodes well and uh, we follow a defeat up with uh, with three points. Be nice. Yeah, well, we'll be back with the review and uh, hopefully we aren't left with egg on our faces having sat here and absolutely slaughtered Sheffield Wednesday for the best part of an hour, but just has a feeling of inevitability about it, this game. And, um, you know, let's see let's see if we can actually harness the the negativity surrounding them and, and turn it into a positive for us. And I, I think we've, I think we can. And, I, and if I had to put money on it, my good feeling would be we're going to do that. But... Um, it's Sunderland, and you just never know. Yeah. So if we if we get <laughs> if we get beat, then the Ben's going to pick up a mysterious injury on Sunday morning, and he's gone for footy. I just avoid the place for the next. Just just yeah, find another team and tell them you don't support Sunderland or something. Um, cheers, mate. Thanks as always for joining us. No cheers to the listeners. We will be back after the game at some point, so make sure you check that out. We'll catch you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.